Hi and welcome to the Sacred You podcast where we create sacred community together. I'm Rachel Goodwin, channel healer and author who loves to empower you on your spiritual path. I offer original and new ways and my work with Sarah, daughter of the Magdalene and with the new earth is pioneering and leading edge. If you're ready to burst through to the next level, come over to my website, rachelgoodwin.dk and see all the amazing things that I have to offer you. Hey everybody, we have a lovely episode for you today with Eloise Bennett. Eloise is an international spiritual teacher, Magdalene Rose Priestess, womb mother, intuitive life coach, founder of Magdalene Rose Healing and Seraphim Healing and author of the Magdalene Rose Healing Oracle. Had such a lovely time talking to Eloise. I really enjoyed the conversation. It's been really nice listening back to it because while we were talking, I was getting so kind of excited with the conversation. I kept thinking of new things and things were coming into my head. And so it's been really nice listening back to it again. And um, yeah, I hope you enjoy it too. Lots of blessings, everybody. Welcome everyone to another episode of Sacred You. It's been a while, so it's lovely, lovely to be back. And today we have with us Eloise Bennett. Welcome. Thank you, Rach. It's an absolute honour to be on here and get such a you know amazing opportunity to talk to you and uh, share our teachings um, with the world. Yes, absolutely. And Eloise does a lot of her work from Glastonbury in the UK and it's a place where I lived for a while um very special to me and many other people and I chose my background today because although this isn't Glastonbury it sort of makes me think of the Chalicewell Gardens it it looks just like the Chalicewell Gardens doesn't it? it looks beautiful so how's the weather where you are today well um I'm going to be really positive it's dry and spring is on the way. <laughs> Could be better, but it's dry, you know. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's that's a plus point in the yes. southwest of England. So definitely, here definitely. in Denmark, it's sunny. It's sunny today in Denmark. Wonderful. Bit of a, bit of a cold breeze. 
I have been out winter bathing this morning. Wow, you're very brave. I haven't been to the White Spring winter braving just yet. <laughs> Can you do that? Oh, yes. Yeah, it really is a thing here. Lots of people like to go to the White Spring because it's almost like going back to the cosmic womb. And it's so purifying. So usually from half past one every afternoon, it's an open space. And many, many people go um, for purification, for healing. And those of us that work with the womb and, and have that understanding of kind of um, the womb teachings and John the Baptist and going back into the water is about going back to the mother and being purified. So um, it's really a popular hobby here in Avalon. That is absolutely fabulous. And it has been a long time since yes. I've been to Glastonbury now because, yeah, I moved to Denmark in 2014. Oh, wow. That's tra- when I moved to Avalon. Okay. And my travelling's really been limited. How how deep is the water? Um, I'm not actually sure. I'm going to be really honest with everybody. I've not been in there. <laughs> I just watch. I, I love to go in. I love to connect um, to the motherly energy and the beautiful shrines of Bridie and the Black Madonna, because to me, Lady Avalon is uh, is a form of the Black Madonna um, and the Cosmic Mother. So um, I, I take groups in and I let them play and have their fun. But it cold, that water, that cold is not for me. I'd much prefer Greece or Cyprus. <laughs> but people are getting in all the way like their whole body well, is I, th- like I, in the... I think yeah up to perhaps their waist but you know they 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 bathe and lie down in it yeah. so it's really amazing and they go all year round and it's really freezing because it's coming right from the center of the earth but you know with the the crystalline energies all of the minerals you know um it's amazing so it amazing. is it's fabulous it's absolutely fa- and that's it like I am definitely coming next year now. <laughs> you should, you should. Maybe, maybe I'll be brave if you're here, Rachel. We go together. Well, it's, I mean, I started doing it because it just lifts my mood so yeah. much. And the winters are really long here yeah. and grey and, you know, I get quite, oh. But doing that regularly, it gives me such a sort of rush of like, yes. God knows what chemicals around my body. That's really, really good yeah, for me. It and is it's, really good. It's fantastic. And and then you've got that extra like magical energy of totally. like you say, like Avalon. It's like, yeah. oh. Yeah. It's so purifying and deeply cleansing, particularly if you're going into cold water. You know, it really is. It's really, really cleansing. And they many traditions, don't they believe that going back to the water is one of the best ways to purify yourself, to elevate your mood and to heal your body. So, you know, and I think with Avalon, all the magic and and the myth and and everybody has been bringing their prayers and their affirmations. And it's been known for such a long time as a healing sacred site. Um it is really magical and miracles happen when you bathe in that water or even when you go to the inside to the lion's head to the chalice well and pray or affirm something that you'd like to receive magic happens absolutely and I just love sacred spring so is that a deal then if I come over to Glastonbury next year you'll come in the water it's a deal yeah yeah and I've got witnesses now so I'll have to (laughs) 
<laughs> I best start practicing, Rachel. <laughs> so perhaps that's a good place to start then. Tell us about the groups that you have in Glastonbury. So I do lots of different groups. My background started off more in angels and ascension and um, paganism, taking people to sacred sites. So I I was born in Hertfordshire, um, but I moved to Pembrokeshire, Wales when I was 11. So from a very young age, I was very, very connected to the earth. I love going to the sacred sites, to the natural springs, to the wells, to the forest. You know, I'm a real, I would say I'm kind of like an Essene druid, you know. So I would just love taking people on the land um, and allowing them to connect to the trees, to connect to the crystalline energy, the song lines or dragon lines and to these sacred sites. Because we all know that where there's a standing stone or um, a sacred site where many people have prayed or worshipped or honoured for many, many years, that there's energies there that we can connect to from healing, as long as we're discerning. I think it's really important to be discerning of these sacred places. So I've led groups um, used to be about angels and ascension, but I started to move more into the Christos and Sophia energies when I moved to Avalon. So currently my groups are usually either seraphim healing, where we come and we work with sacred sound and the Hathors and the land and the dragon lines, or the Magdalene energy, where we work with the Christos and Sophia emanations, with Shekinah, with Yeshua Magdalene. Um, This weekend, I'm hosting a Magdalene Rose healing retreat, which is where we connect to Magdalene and Yeshua and the rose energy, the rose ray for healing. So similar to that, you know, of an energy healing like Reiki, but we're channeling the rose energy and really connecting to the Christos and Sophia emanations. And for me, the way I see the world, I'm very visual and I see the world as color, frequency and sound. So that's what we work with when we come together. There's a lot of working on the land, connecting with the sacred sites. We do a lot of chanting, um, a lot of singing, working with crystals, you know, tuning forks, drums, those kind of those kind of um, energies, because it's the the traditions, I believe, the traditions of the Druids and the Essenes and the Venus Rose lineage that I belong to, they prayed very differently to how we prayed. You know, they honoured the planets, they honoured the sun and the moon, and their prayer was through dance and connecting to nature, you know, and drumming and things like that. So for me, that's the way I, I love to work. You know, and I'm a bit crazy. So so that's quite fun as well. And I think we've been suppressed so much. We've been taught that, you know, children are to be heard and and, uh, to to be seen and not heard. We're taught to to be quiet. We um, aren't allowed to express our voice and express ourselves. And that's my role is really is to bring heaven to earth to help people embody their soul and to remember how to express their soul and to express the voice of their soul. So um, it gets people out of their comfort zone, but we have lots of fun. Uh, so I'm uh, so interested in the things that you're talking about. So I started coming to Glastonbury. I don't know. Let me think. It must have been it was before Josh was born and he's 20 now. So I don't know, like 20, 25 years ago, something like that. The first time I came, I was in such a bad mood the whole time I was there. 
And I'd kind of gone because people said, oh, you must go to Glastonbury. And I just went around the town, like stomping around in a really foul mood, going, don't know why everybody thinks this is great. (laughs) It's quite a journey. It's not for the faint hearted. I mean, people will come on a pilgrimage here to Avalon um, for healing. But it's not always so pleasant. I mean, groups that I take to Wales, where I grew up in Pembrokeshire, they always have an amazing time. You know, they go to the ocean, they go to the, you know, the burial chambers and they feel really uplifted. But I believe because Avalon, you know, after all, it's the summer land. It's the Isle of the Dead. And traditionally, people would only come here for those kind of rites. It's kind of like the underworld. And I see Lady Avalon like the Black Madonna. And if there's anything that needs cleansing or transmuting, I mean, you know yourself because you work with Sarah and the Violet Flame and Lady Avalon has that similar energy. And I also think that Sarah links in with Lady Avalon. So that violet lavender um, flame of alchemy and transformation is what happens when people come to Avalon. And we come and we we say, oh, we're going to Avalon, we're having a healing retreat. And we get here and that, you know, alchemy and transformation brings everything up within you. Right. So you think you're coming for this lovely retreat. But actually, then that's why we feel frustrated and irritated because, you know, we are receiving a healing, but nobody said healing was easy. You know, we don't just stay back and think, wow, this is lovely. Sometimes it's got to be processed. And um, you know yourself after living here, the land is so healing. But we go through that process and it's usually here in Avalon, a dark night of the soul. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's what happened with me. Like it brought up all the stuff that I was suppressing at the time. And I even had like a Curlian, is it Curlian? photograph taken of my aura and it was full of red oh wow (laughs) but I came back I came back I came back I think it was because I did like um a priestess goddess training yes um it was somebody who this is sort of sort of puts an age on me this is someone who had learned Kathy Jones's amazing training amazing like receiving letters this is like even before the internet it was like a distant learning course and then this is Diana Summer and she was wonderful woman um I mean sorry I made it sound like she's dead she's not dead she's still with us very much very much vibrantly alive and she trained lots of us as as priestesses up in Surrey but we came down for an initiation to Chaliswell Gardens and I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, it was just so, you know, then I saw, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That amazing. Yeah. It is, it is incredible. And I think everybody feels it right. You drive into Avalon or you, you know, or you're, you're, you're traveling in and you feel that bubble. You feel when you enter that heart frequency. And as we know, many people believe that Avalon is the heart chakra of the earth and that the emanations of Venus on the Hathor energies from the Pleiades and the seven sisters enter in and travel down the song lines and dragon lines out to the world. Um, and you, I think you really, really feel that you come in, you see the tour and you just feel like you're home. Or myself, I I actually lived in um, Ashwell Lane for seven years on the tour. 
you know, it might, the back garden of the home was at the bottom of the tour. And I did go for a period when I'd see the tour, if I'd left Glastonbury, I mean, because Lady Avalon doesn't always let you out. You probably found this. Once you're in, you become Avalon. And it took me a while. She would not let me out. And then when I finally escaped for a bit and uh, went off to Cyprus on a holiday, I was coming back and I saw the tour and I thought, oh my God, it's going to be another dark night of the soul. I actually got to the point that there was a short period of my life. I thought, no, I just don't want to go back into that energy but now I love it you know it it's just so so special and you know we've all been here before like yourself you know in past lives that you've been here as a priestess and yeah. you were probably here at the time of Yeshua and Magdalene you know because I was yeah me, me too <laughs> I've, remember, I've remembered that me yeah. too me too yeah, so yeah. it's like coming home and um sometimes our lives just feel like one big life but that I I know myself that my you know an aspect of my soul walked with them and was part of that lineage and I was here with them in Avalon but also with them in what is now you know class as Palestine you know I, I remember I remember that experience being with them as you do you know and I think that Christos and Sophia energy is very, very strong here in the land. The keys and the codes are very much here. Some that um, we left here and some that we're receiving from the Druids and the, the Essenes. And um, I think we're all here now to reactivate those codes so that we can seed the new earth, because both you yeah. and I are both working on seeding the new earth. And that's why we're here at this time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so interesting because... Yeah, once once I'd had that experience, I just kept coming back. Yeah. And I've really felt like, God, I've made a promise. I've, yes. I've promised somehow. Yes. And and I would be driving back and I would you start seeing the tour going along the road and I'll be going, Hello. Yeah, it's home. Bye, it's home. home. Yeah. And Lady Avalon does call you home, doesn't she? She does call you home. And um I think so many people that come to visit Avalon. They they feel so at home. They generally do come and live here for a while. You know, they do yeah. get called back to be part of that energy. And I, I think it's such an important activation, that heart activation of our heart chakra and the Hathor chakra. You know, it's Avalon awakens your soul, doesn't it? Mm, you know, definitely. it puts you in alignment with your mission that I feel definitely. that's what it activates in us. And um yeah. You know, many people come here to write their books, to create courses. Um, It's definitely a huge, huge activation. And not many people necessarily stay that long. I mean, I've been here, it'd be coming up to my 10th year now. And I think they say you get your year and a day initiation. And then if you're here for five years, then you're a true Avalonian, you know, and you become part of Avalon. Um, And for me, as much as my heart is in Wales, it rains too much in Wales. I love visiting Wales. Um, and that will always, always be important for me. But UK wise, if I'm living in the UK, this is the only place that's right for me. You know, yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. we're so different, aren't we, as these galactic starry beings. And in Avalon, anything goes. You feel part of the community and you can be as crazy as you want. And everyone is accepted. And even though it's different pods of different religions, I do feel that most of the time it's harmony and unity within duality. Yeah, that's beautiful. So, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I connected through that goddess energy in Glastonbury, but then I used to find when I used to come back and be in Chaliswell Gardens, I can remember sitting there one time and just crying my eyes out, like really grieving, 
And I knew it was something to do with Yeshua. And I was so confused because I didn't know any of the stories. I didn't know anything about them being connected to that place. And I was like, why am I crying about Jesus? Because I was brought up C of E, but I'm not a particularly Christian person, you know? And it was like, it was so obviously a powerful connection there. And I mean, it, it does make more sense to me now but I mean for the people listening could you tell some of the stories about how the holy family are kind of connected to Glastonbury okay so this is just my feeling it doesn't mean that it's necessarily right but this is what it feels like for me so my belief is that um obviously the holy family that where they were living at that time within the world they were they were hebrew their their main language was probably aramaic you know and they were of that Essene lineage from you know they people believe yeshua was from the line of david and magdalene was from the line of benjamin so they were of this royal family but they were Essenes and and kind of um kind of desert folk, you know, and they were connecting very much to the moons, the stars, the new moon and the full moon, the planets. They work very much with astrology and connecting to the earth. And then when they would come here to Avalon, I believe they were part of the Druid family. You know, they joined the Druids because I do believe they were seen Druids. And many of the stories go here. I mean, there's lots of different stories and everyone has to feel into it for themselves. But the most famous one, I believe, is that, you know, many people mention Joseph of Arimathea and his energy is very, very strong here. And they do believe because he traveled often to Cornwall and to Wales and to this area um, to trade and, and for tin and copper and things like that, um, they believe that he bought the young Jesus with him. And some people even believe that Jesus actually trained with the Druids. And I believe that's true too. And some people believe that they lived here that mother mary lived here well lady grandmother anna um lots of people believe that they lived in here in glastonbury and they lived in mona in anglesey in wales um they you know they were travelers things were very different in those days they traveled and they would have been doing i can only imagine what we do we go to different sacred sites we meet other communities our soul group and we exchange keys and codes and healing and of course it was very different and dangerous for those them in those lifetimes they had to move a lot particularly after yeshua's crucifixion because it wasn't safe for them you know and i believe they were moving a lot for safety. Um, so many of the stories go that that uh, they all lived here for a while. Some people believe that Mother Mary was living here and uh, Grandmother Anna was here and that Yeshua was here. And of course, after his crucifixion, um, you know, we do believe that Mary Magdalene, we know that she was in France. We know that she was in Wales, but she was also in Glastonbury and she had um, a mystical school here. She she carried on. She was the Kala Messiah. She was Yeshua's, well, I believe she was Yeshua's partner, 
We, you and I both believe that she had at least one child, if not more, but Sarah Lacalli, Sarah was one of their children. Um, and Mary Magdalene and those female disciples and some of the male disciples carried on the school of mysticism. And that was in France, but it was also here in Avalon. And I also believe it was in Wales because I feel the emanations very, very strongly in Wales. Um, but I think it's important for everybody to feel into their heart and to find out what it feels to them, because we don't really know, do we? It's not really recorded. For me, the Gnostic texts are where you're going to find probably most of the true, you know, um, information, the gospel of Mary Magdalene or the gospel of Philip or the gospel of Thomas. I really believe that's the closest in alignment, but also to go into our hearts because we're all part of that lineage and the answers are within our hearts. And I know that you and I both know that we were with them before and we can actually remember you know, that knowledge and wisdom. But when you walk the land here, as I've done for 10 years, you receive that information and they walk with you, right? You mentioned mm -hmm. that you felt Yeshua. And for me, I've worked with Yeshua since I was a very young child. He's always been my guide. Um, but Mary Magdalene came in more so when I arrived in Avalon and I lived, you know, on the tour and I was walking the lands. I could feel her walking with me and I could feel Mother Mary. I could feel Grandmother Anna. So, you know, that's that's how I, I perceive it. I do believe they were here. I do believe there was a priesthood. I do believe that Yeshua trained with the Druids, you know. And yeah. Joseph, is, Joseph of Amalfia was a very important part of it. We don't know much about him. Um, I, I can't wait to hear about, you know, I'll get to receive Oliver's books because Sometimes I look at Oliver and I believe he is Joseph of Amalfia, a reincarnation. You know, I don't know what Oliver thinks of that, but, um, you know, I, I really look forward to receiving Oliver's books and, and hearing more about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was really um, fascinating to yeah. talk to. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and Oliver and I lived in the same house at, when we were at Hillside. We were there, so that's where we met. So we were able to talk about Yeshua Magdalene and, and Joseph Amalfia. So it was really good to have that connection with Oliver and listen to his amazing teachings because I think he's really, yeah, I think he, he really feels it. He's really, yeah, you know. Totally, and totally. What I find is so interesting, and I'd love to know your opinion of this, because there are different types of followings in the Magdalene tradition. There's different energy there. And there's like our lineage that obviously knows that their language, you know, that they were Hebrews and they speak Aramaic and we're learning or you're remembering Aramaic, right? Um, many of us are, are learning it as Oliver is and I am and, and others. But there's other traditions that see Magdalene in a very different way. Well, more so as, you know, kind of um, the harlot on the prostitute or doing, you know, it's very different. They yeah. have a totally different idea of who Mary Magdalene was. And it doesn't matter who she was or what she did. What matters is she brought the light, you know, and that she was Yeshua's partner and um, that her consciousness runs through all of us now, right? She is the frequency, you know, she is the Shekinah and she carries that frequency and women are embodying 
that frequency and that consciousness of Mary Magdalene. But it is fascinating how the Western worlds forget that she was Hebrew and that they spoke Aramaic and that was their life. It, it's, it is interesting how we put things in boxes and we have our own expression of, of what these beings were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when I asked um, Cheryl Hall to do the painting for oh, me yes. of Sarah. Yes. Sarah. Because yeah. I couldn't find anything. I think I might have found one where she had blonde hair. And I said to her, can you make her look Jewish? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, not Jewish, I suppose, because that's her religion. But can yeah. you make her look like she comes from the place where she comes from? Well, yeah, Middle because... Which yeah. you know she 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 did and um, but I also I also had a thing about seeing a black Sarah I think last year or the year before and I got someone to paint me a black amazing Sarah. actually yeah. I haven't shared um, I've been meaning to but things just keep coming up yeah. Yeah, you know, but next month is Sarah month. I'm oh, exactly, month. I can't wait. The whole My month is Sarah month. month. So, so I will get that. It's a beautiful, beautiful painting, and I'll share that artist. And um, but it, yeah, I mean, that's it to me. That's really, although you know, they've all had lots of different lives. Oh, of course, yeah. You know, and I don't work that much with Aramaic. I connected very much to so. So, yeah, coming back to to Glastonbury, so one time I went there and, you know, I would sort of run down to it. I mean, my mum died when I was 26 and Glastonbury became my mother that I ran to. Of course. When life was, you know, going to shit a bit. And I remember going down there in, you know, having some awful crisis and going down there in floods of tears and sitting in Chaliswell Gardens. Yeah. And Sarah started talking to me, which was not unusual to have conversations with her but I would normally do it through channeling or through writing she was actually like it was like she was physically sitting next to me chatting in my ear and you know I used to be a psychiatric nurse I'm always slightly worried when (laughs) happen. yeah so I'm hearing voices now (laughs) yeah well she's so strong isn't she I mean I really feel her so strong here and it's interesting what you say about her, you know, having a, a, a picture of her done as black, because many people, I mean, many people believe she was born in Egypt, you know, where they were growing up, although there are lots of people believe that there was this thread. Um, different people believe that Mother Mary was actually from the UK. There's so many different stories. It doesn't matter where they came from, really, because they're galactic, aren't they? You know, they're galactic angelic. But I do believe that their colouring would have been slightly different from us, olive skins at least, because they're they're living in those kind of countries, you know. But I also think with Sarah, because they some people say she's also Sarah Lacalli, the Black Madonna, you know, and and I love that. I love that some of those stories of her, you know, when the they came into um, France and you know. Um, the, the gypsies took care of them and, you know, the queen of the gypsies was there and, and supported them. And I think that sometimes we see Sarah as an emanation of Sarah Lacalli and the gypsy queen. And obviously she is, they look up to her, right? You know, Sarah Tamar is who the gypsies work with, you know, um, and she is so strong in Avalon. 
She is really, really there. And we know that she had all of the talents that both Yesha and Mary Magdalene had because she came in karma free. She was pure. She was that beautiful um, being that came from that sacred union. And I think Avalon has everything that she works with because we know that she's here to seed the new earth and she works with the dragon lines or the song lines. You know, she worked with the trees, the herbs, the crystals. She was an amazing healer, wasn't she? Yeah, absolutely. I also feel her so strong here in Avalon. I was aware of her before I moved to Avalon. But I always feel her here. And I I call to her if I'm having a dark night of a soul, because for me, she comes in different forms. Sometimes she comes as the child. Sometimes she'll come as that priestess. And then sometimes she comes as the Black Madonna. And I really feel when we talk of Lady Avalon, the overlighting principality angel or being that overlights Avalon, I really feel that a lot, a lot of that frequency is Sarah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and there's so many similarities. When we look at Lady Avalon, works with that lavender, pink, violet flame, and Sarah does as well. She works with that. Um, and, you know, when you see that beautiful green energy around Sarah, you know, it, I feel it's a real druid energy. You know, it's and that. So, yeah, so that's it. So many years later, after I had Sarah talking to me, like she was actually physically next to me, I started working with, I was given a vision of um, her planting seeds around the earth Mm -hmm. to create energy Mm -hmm. places. And one of the seeds, so she's already planted these seeds. So they're there waiting to be woken up. And one of them was in the orchard. Wow. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, And we worked with that. And that was her violet flame spiral Wow. And so I intensely worked with that for a while and we did groups and workshops and stuff. And during that time, she showed me, well, I had a vision of her being there as an adult in Avalon and training as a magical adept. And I was a bit like, oh, because it's not generally how, you know, we put her, well, I say we, not so much me, but as a, a, a new age sort of society we put her within that christian framework yeah and i think yeah she you know she was she was she trained in avalon in my vision and she was really good i mean she learned it like that yeah it's her energy completely totally forest witch magical effect totally yes i mean yeah yeah. I mean, it's and it's interesting, isn't it? Because we think about Yeshua and Magdalene and we are so through our learning of Sunday school or Christianity or, or, or that we see them as Christian. And we have this feeling that they are that the way they prayed is how we've been taught to pray in church. But it was so different then. I mean, Yeshua was he, he you know, they were Hebrew. That was their background. But if you think about how they really connected, they connected to the land. They danced a lot. They chanted a lot. They followed um, astrology and worked with the different planets. They worked very much with the new moon. They celebrated new moon and the Shabbat, um, you know, every month. And when we think about the new moon or the full moon and celebrating moon cycles, we don't think about the Roman Catholic Church or Christianity. We think about paganism. We think about Druids, you know, and 
they were very magic. Of course, Yeshua, I mean, I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this. Yeshua was a sorcerer, right? He, they, they all were. They were connecting to the pure light of creation through mother, father, God, and channeling that energy for healing. You know, mm. they were all magical beings that work with alchemy. Yeah, you know? and that's and it. it. And if we look back at, if you look back at what was going on with religion and you look back at where they lived in, in those areas and, and the fact that they worked with the Druids here and the Essenes, I mean, if you look at a scene background, they connect with a different angel, don't they, for the day at different times of the day, they connect with the different planets they have. So they have a different planet each day of the week and different. So that's not very Christian. It's mm. more I would say magical and and mystical, you know, yeah. mystical teachings. Yeah, so, yeah. and that's how I see her. I see her as a high priestess. Yes. I see, I see Mary Magdalene as a high priestess yeah. working yeah. with. I mean, obviously the the oils. Mary Magdalene was a for a mistress of the sacred oils, and they worked with embalming and anointing. You know, they they would forage and gather their herbs, and they would work with the herbs and trees and also, if you think back to that time, they would have venerated the goddess Asherah at that time, you know, so they were working very much with the trees like the Druids do, you know, to the Druids, the oak is, is such an important tree, but to Yeshua and Magdalene, trees like the palm or the date, you know, because Saratama is, is the date, the palm, isn't it? Um, or the olive tree. So they were so connected. I mean, Yeshua used olive oil for anointing and for his ceremonies and for healing. So they they were different. They they didn't necessarily pray in the way we pray now in in a church in in that mm. way. They they the nature nature was their church, but mm. we've been programmed and taught differently, right? Mm. Yeah. So yeah. So. Yeah, when I mean when I experienced Yeshua being or his presence like being in the Chaliswell Gardens, like with my logical mind, I was like, don't know what this is about. But with mm. my whole body, I could feel the truth of him being being there in some way, whatever way, you know, it was. And I mean, you know, I went to Glastonbury over and over again because I was called to. Yeah. And that's what they did as well. They yeah, traveled around everywhere because they were called to yeah. go to all of these places. And we have started realizing now in this day and age that people actually traveled much more yeah. in ancient times than we thought. Yeah. And it was easy for them, right? Because, you know, Joseph of Amurthia had his ships and had his fleet. So that was very easy for, for them to travel, you know, and they they do come from a background of, abundance and, and prosperity but Yeshua is so strong I I believe he came very much with Joseph in his younger years and I also believe that after his resurrection and his transfiguration I believe he in in his light body spent time with the disciples and most certainly with Mother Mary and Mary Magdalene um, and he walked with them and, and visited them. And some people even believe that there was a child conceived with Mary Magdalene and Yeshua through light conception when he, he was here in his, in his light body because they connected so much. And 
I feel him very, very strongly here. And in fact, when I go into the abbey, into the um, where Joseph's crypt is, into the the um, lady chapel, I always see Mary Magdalene and Yeshua standing there. They are always there. And when you look at the abbey wall, it says Yeshua and Maria is on the wall. And mm. I, some people really believe that when Joseph was given land here in Avalon, um, that it was in that in the abbey. And some people believe that there were 12 little um, houses, waffle houses there, where the disciples and, and Yeshua and Mother Mary lived. They, they do believe they were there. That's those that believe in those traditions here in Avalon. That's what they believe that they were there um, for some period of time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, the, the whole lineage is very strong here. And it always surprises me when I'm walking the land who will who will turn up and, and who will be here. And I think they seeded the earth for us to help us to get through this time, because we are we are the bridge, aren't we? We're here to bring heaven to earth. We're here to bring the emanations from our home planets mm-hmm. here. And it's about bridging the third dimension to the fifth dimension to create the Garden of Eden or, or heaven on earth and teaching people how to embody their soul. Because I think through the embodiment, ascension is not about leaving the planet, not not now. It's about getting in the body, embodying our soul, so we create heaven on earth. Imagine if everybody bought the essence from their home planet, you know, those frequencies of love and those advanced technologies here, and we as a collective created heaven on earth. And I believe that's what we're going to do. Mm. I know we're in a difficult time, but I do believe Mother Earth is ascending. We can't stop that. You know, there's beings out there that want to stop it, but that isn't going to happen. And I believe those of us that are awake, we're linking into those Christos and Sophia codes. We're working with Sarah and other beings of light to seed the new earth, to seed it with kind of Eve keys and pure keys. And it's already there, but we don't know what that new earth looks like. Because we are co-creators with Mother, Father, God of creating it. And like you said, when Sarah seeded, you know, she seeded the earth, um, Magdalene and Yeshua and Mother Mary and Grandmother Anna, the Druids, the Lemurians, even if we go right back to Lemuria, the earth was seeded ready for us now, wasn't it? Yes, the blueprints were yeah. all there. And I tend to talk about Sarah a lot because you know that's what I connect to but I don't mean that she's like the only one because some people sometimes someone said to me last week well what about all the other ascended masters I said oh yeah I'm not like discounting them it's just that I connect to Sarah and so that's what I talk about all the time because I'm just a bit obsessed well I mean that's because that's the emanation that you're working with and it's the same for me. I've worked with all the, the ascended masters and seraphim healing is about the 12 rays and, the, you know, the energies of the 12 tribes and things like that. But for me, for my personal work, my part of my service is working with Sarah on the new earth mm. because she's working with. Um, you know, she works with the children of the new earth that I'm an indigo, one of the first that arrived. Um, she works with the indigo crystal and rainbow and children of the sun. And they are part of it, aren't they? They are the crystal beings that are helping to see this. And for me, 
that, that I'm like you, this is Sarah is the one that I'm working with to seed the new earth, you know, and that's who we've chosen or, well, she's chosen us or we've chosen her to work mm-hmm. in this way. There are other beings, of course, but for us, you know, that's our path working with Sarah to seed the new earth. And particularly because we have this connection with Avalon and she's so strong. She's so strong here, right? Yeah. So I used to get water from the red spring and the white spring Amazing. and take it home. And then I would have a bath every week oh, with some of that yeah. water. I would have like this sacred bath on a Sunday with oh. that, that water in. And I did that for years. And years oh, that's amazing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're so lucky to have that. And, um, yeah. You know, I, if I make my elixirs or, you know, any blends or if I'm doing any ceremonies, I will use that water. I do drink it as well. Um, I, you know, it's it's so healing, isn't it? And because it's got the balance of the divine feminine and the divine masculine, you know, mm-hmm. it's 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 incredible. All springs are incredible. But, um, yeah, there's something quite special about about the springs here in Avalon, isn't there? Yeah. But I do. I do remember there became a point where I realized I'd become whatever it was that that energy was all wanting me to be or I was being made to be. And then the process was complete. Yeah, yeah. You embodied it. You embodied the teachings or remembered the teachings. It's almost like a crystalline matrix or something. All right, now that's in my bones. (laughs) Okay, totally. Now I can get on with the the next thing. And actually where I live in Denmark, in Roskilde, it's full of sacred springs. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're obviously a well maiden like me then. <laughs> a mermaid. You're a yeah. mermaid. You're a mermaid. Yeah. And but this is there. this is an emerging energy system here where I am now. Wow. And so wow. that's something else I seem to get called to. It's things that are just on the edge of just coming out. Yes. You know? Yeah. 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 You're you're part of that, aren't you? Bringing those energies in. Yeah. 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 So may I ask what's your next project with Sarah? I'm really excited to hear. Well, I mean, I've been overtaken by the Blue Rose now. Oh, fantastic. I love the Blue Rose. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, I've been working with the Blue Rose, too. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, for me, so that's it. It kind of started about four years ago. So for me, it's still relatively new. new. Yeah. yeah. But I'm teaching anyway. <laughs> Of course. Well, I mean, it's got to get out there, right? And the blue rose is so it carries so much beautiful energy, the Venetian energy. It's very protective. It's about sovereignty. It's about freedom. I absolutely love the blue rose. And if I if somebody said to me, as much as I like red and pink roses, if if I had to be a rose, I would want to be a blue rose. Yeah. So so, yeah. So I'm teaching like what they're giving to me now and like what's coming through me now and I feel like a lot of the work I've done with Sarah it's been very grounded it's been like earth-based yes and I mean that that thing about wanting to see her as black that feels like it's representing you know like you were saying such an important aspect of her and also that very earth tribal powerful energy of Africa yeah, totally. And to me, that new earth energy, it's so multicultural. Yes. And so I see definitely. Sarah as very multicultural because oh, I'm 100% through the Nordic yes. energy as well and understand her through the Nordic yeah. kind of sacred 
wisdom. So, you know, I'm often often not doing what people would expect me to be doing. You're doing what you're meant to be doing and you're following your expression. And that's really important, isn't it? And I do know that that Sarah is part of her role here on Earth is to reunite the tribes again. Oh, that is what she that is what she she does, you know, and it's also it's interesting, isn't it? Because when we think of Sarah and we think of her as being the daughter of Yeshua and Magdalene, that would straight away bring in this feeling of perhaps being Christian, you know, but all of these great masters, they've had so many lifetimes. So within them are all the different emanations of what they hold. And most of the people that I know that work with Sarah do see that very um, African tribal gypsy lineage because it's about community and tribes. And she's she's working with us to bring the community back together, community spirit. Right. Because excuse me, that's the only way we're going to make it going forward. Right. We've got to work as a community unity um, within this duality to make it on this freaking planet right now. It does. And somebody else I spoke to said the same thing, actually, a couple of years ago. And that's it. I mean, so because she does hold that, you know, there's a lot of beautiful energies in Christianity yeah. as well. I, yes. I don't want to sort of say everything oh, else is made in Christianity no. is rubbish or anything no. like that. I mean, like if we think of like Gregorian chanting. Yes. And, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, like here, here in Roskilde, I mean, it, they came very late to Christianity in Denmark. Oh, okay. And one of the original churches that was sort of built when it came here is still there. It's about a thousand years old. And oh, it's wow. got these amazing old frescoes with unicorns. Oh, and, wow. And that, like, when I connect to that original light of Christianity, it's so, oh, my God. It is yeah. like ascension energy. It's so totally. beautiful. Yeah. But and of course, in later churches, you don't, well, I don't experience that. No, you know? no. And that's what I love when I go. I spend a lot of time in Cyprus. I, When I was allowed my sabbaticals out of Avalon before we all got locked down, I would spend, um, I would do my work here and lead my retreats and that here. And then I'd go to Cyprus to write. And what I loved about being in Cyprus was, of course, the ancient temples, you know, that, that related to Aphrodite and those kind of things. But the churches in Cyprus. I really feel a strong connection to the churches because the Greek Orthodox, I think, is closer to what Yeshua and Mary Magdalene would have done. And for me, because there's so many seraphim and I work with the seraphim and I know that Magdalene and Yeshua worked very much with the angelic realm because of the Essene, you know, tradition and the Hebrew t- tradition. Um, and yeah, that that energy, I, th- I think it's purer. Yeah, but they didn't have... have- they didn't have a reformation. So no, they exactly. stayed like how it was much more true to the beginnings of it. Exactly. And that's one yeah. of my favorite things is to go to churches and to light candles and to pray because I would say I'm a spiritual being. I, I acknowledge and honor all religions and I take bits from all of them. It's like on a Friday night, I'll go and sing Kirtan and and honor the Indian traditions, you know, and then I I might be in the Magdalene Chapel um, chanting Aramaic, you know, and and doing some Hail Marys in Aramaic or the, you know, Aramaic Lord's Prayer. Um, And then other times I will be out, you know, say we've got Beltane coming up here in Avalon and that's really our biggest 
celebration where you can sometimes get nearly 500 people arrive in Avalon and the mayor gets involved and it's just this grand celebration and you know of the sacred union and and uh you know the 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 great right and, and seeding the earth, earth and nurturing the earth. And I'll go and join in in that and dance around the maypole and jump over the fire. You know, I I love celebrating Mother, Father, God in all its emanations because you're not missing out then. You're having a bit of everything right. You know, so I and I know that because of my past lives, I've lived through, as, as you have, many different traditions. So yeah, I think it's important to acknowledge everything and to be to not judge other people's beliefs or religions, because if it gives them comfort and if it's not harming anyone, you know, that, that's all that matters, isn't it? Mm. You know, I mean, I was brought mm. up Christian and my dad was very strict and to the and the story he was following was not the story I remembered of um Yeshua and Magdalene and I used to have lots of arguments with my father about what how he was telling me it was because he was obviously following the Bible and following what he'd been taught and I actually stepped away from Yeshua and 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 that for a long time I I kind of became a little bit atheist when I was early teenage years and it was only at 18 when I did my Reiki I was awfully shocked because I did my Reiki attunement and Yeshua turned up and I was I said to him well what what are you doing here? You know, I was definitely a bit pagan and Wiccan at that time. And he said to me, well, you're learning healing. And, you know, I was a healer and it's time now for you to remove the projections of your elders, the church and your father and what you've been brought up with and to see me and feel me and see me in the true light. And that was really when Yeshua came back into my life when I was about 18 after doing the Reiki and I found him again and I started to connect to him, you know, in the way I remember um, that that work, you know, so uh, it's just such an amazing journey, isn't it? It is. I mean, I was completely an atheist. Was you? Yeah. 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 I mean, Church of England, I couldn't find any spirituality in it. Very strong patriarchy. And yes. I just completely rejected it. I, I felt sitting, I, I sometimes go home to the town where I was born in, in Deal, and I've popped into the church where I was baptized. I cannot feel any spiritual energies in that church. And mm. it's really old. It's really, it's mm. beautiful. It's really old mm. church, but I can't find anything that resonates with with my kind of inner spirituality yeah. and you know it's 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 heartbreaking really but I mean I didn't open to the and my dad was a complete atheist and I I didn't open to anything till I was 26 and my mum died oh, and then bless you. that yeah. initiated me into like my own you know I do experience energy oh my god you know it just that was just the moment where my whole life completely turned yeah. around so I mean I understand why people are skeptical I oh, really really do because if I didn't experience things myself like with my body with my yes. clairsentience and stuff like that I would be the same yeah like, yeah yeah words, yeah. yeah I mean we're really lucky aren't we because we see sense and feel and um you know I've had those faculties from being a very young child I mean I I remember being above my mum's body uh, while I was being birthed 
I, I remember everything. I remember arriving. I remember thinking, oh, my God, I've been dropped off here. And as a child, just sitting there looking at the sky, waiting for the mothership to come and collect me, I was like, where am I? These these beings are not like the beings from the Pleiades or, you know, Sirius. I was like, what has happened? You know, I mean, I did have a very loving family and we grew up in Hertfordshire. Well, until I was 11 on a beautiful small, small holding, we grew our own vegetables. We had our own animals. I came from a very loving family, but I just knew I was like, you know, are these really my parents? Is this really, you know, I just thought, what's happened? How have I got here? Um, but I was very intuitive. I was very psychic. I did see fairies. And I I, I saw my grandfather and my lineage. And as I say, I, I Yeshua was with me from a very young child. And thank God he was, because I just always wanted to go home because it was, I'm sure you felt the same. It was so dense here. I couldn't I didn't know how to relate to humankind because I'd come from a space of unconditional love and a space of color, frequency and sound. And it was very different for me. And um, I, you know, I used to leave offerings for the God and the goddess every night. And my mum would call me in for dinner and I'd be out, wait a minute, mum. I'm just, you know, my flowers would be out. I'd be doing my little altar and I'd come in and say, I've been talking to the fairies and things like this. And my mum, she didn't over encourage it, but she said, oh, that's good. They're looking after you. But my father, he told me if I carried on, the men in the white coats would come and he'd put me away. And that was at the age of seven. So everything shut down at the age of seven for me. And it was only when my mum and dad split when I was sort of around 18 that almost overnight, all of the gifts came back. And then I really did think I was crazy because I could hear, see, feel the whole, you know, the whole lot. And um, yeah, I mean, it can be off the Richter scale when you when you can see into those other dimensions and when you really know that you're not from here. Mm. It reminded me when you were saying that, that when I was a kid, I used to look for alien. I used to look for UFOs everywhere and I didn't find them. And I was so gutted. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, I've seen them a lot recently, starships and, 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 and beings. And, you know, like you said, you've, you've had lots of different trips. I mean, when I was in Sedona and, you know, Mount Shasta, we'd see them all the time. And also Wales, Pembrokeshire, um, where I moved to, there we had a lot of REF bases there. So there were so many. I mean, it, it was normal there. Even the police knew they were there. The army knew they were there. And there was a story, I think, from 1976 where somebody they saw this spacecraft i mean it could have been a craft from the ref base right because we know that there's advanced technology but this um teacher when when it was seen rather than saying to the children it wasn't there he said okay come and inside and draw what you saw and the uh, you know there's a large group of about 30 children in pembrokeshire that all saw the spacecraft and all drew the spacecraft you know, wow. and there's even something called the Pembrokeshire Triangle, where they see so many ships out there, you know, spaceships. So I think when I moved to Pembrokeshire, my journey with actually knowing that aliens 
well, I, I think I'm an alien, you know, I'm a hybrid human as far as I'm concerned, you know. Um, but yeah, that's when that journey sort of started for me. And uh, you see them over Avalon quite often. You'll see the the pods of them, you know, and we as, as friends, we're like, oh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of ships out today. You know, yeah. I was going to go to Wales, actually. It was, was a you? big trip that I had planned and I had it all booked. Um, I was going there after I, I spent some time at Fintorn. And then oh, I met my, I met my who's now my Danish husband at Oh Fintorn, bless you! And I fell I love in love. Fintorn. And then and then I cancelled that trip and went to Copenhagen. Instead. Oh wow, bless you! I think so, you so, love Wales. I'm I re- still waiting to go. <laughs> yeah, I think you would really, really get a lot from Wales, and I feel that yeah. you've had lifetimes there. Well, of course, you would have been there with the Christ family, right? Because we I, know that they spent a lot of time there. I can remember being in caves and there's a lot of granite. Yes, yes. <laughs> and seeing is. elementals all around me. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's amazing. Schedule it in sometime. It's such a, a very, very special place. And um, if it was more sunny, I, I would spend more time there. But for me, it's it's not enough. I, I'm, I'm a sun worshipper as well as a moon worshipper. So I definitely need that more sun. But yeah. Mm. Uh, the earth, the earth is so healing there. You really feel that druid energy. I love Avalon and I probably couldn't leave. But for for me, Wales has a balance of earth, air, fire, water and spirit. You know, there's not so much of the fire with the sun, but the earth and the rocks and mm-hmm. the mountains and the yeah, ocean. Exactly. It's so raw, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's why I love living on the tour, because it's a very raw energy. It's it's a real primordial energy. Yeah. You feel the dragon energy yeah. and, and that, you know, and uh, yeah. I mean, I do love the desert. I love living out in Cyprus. I love Egypt and places like that. I do. I really am quite a fiery person, but I do need that grounding energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so when if, you can if, make a trip, sorry. If people come to Glastonbury... Where can they come and find you? Do you do sessions or anything? I do. Um, so my work since I've moved to Glastonbury, I do Magdalene Rose Healing. Um, I do, I just literally um, on Magdalene's feast day last year, launched my Magdalene Rose Healing Oracle. So they can come and learn to activate the Magdalene Oracle within where they work with their clairsentience, clairaudience, clair, you know, clair, um cognizance and learn to be an oracle to find their inner oracle um so they can learn to be a magdalene healer they can learn to to be an oracle or they can come and learn seraphine healing if they feel more drawn to the um the seraphic emanations of of the seraphim and the colors and the rays and the sacred sound you know i work a lot with the seraphim and the hathors um so i'm always in the oracle you can always find me in the oracle um and yeah and i also love to meet people so if they come and they want to you know have a cup of tea or to come and go to the chalice well or walk around the abbey and and connect you know i i'd love to meet people you know it's that's uh I feel that's part of my role here is to introduce people to Avalon and part of our retreats. That's what we do on the, the um, final day. We, we go on the, we work on the land, you know, and connect mm. with the dragon lines. We connect with the ancient energies of Magdalene and Yeshua um, and yet yeah, visit those sites. Cause I think that's really important. And it's a good way of grounding it all because some people, 
people come to Glastonbury. When I moved to Glastonbury, they're like, oh, you know, the festival, because we've got the very third dimensional area here, right? We've got the amazing shops where there are not normal shops really in Glastonbury, are there? Everything is magical. It's like being in Hogwarts. Um, But Avalon, which is the energy as we know where, you know, Magdalene and Mother Mary and, and Yeshua would have been, it's the land. People come and they go, oh, I find Glastonbury quite negative. Well, yeah, yeah, it's it's a space of duality. It's where duality is very strong. And if you if you come to Glastonbury and you're only looking at the material world, you're going to see lots of duality there. But the real healing and the real keys, as you know, Sarah, is in the uh, it's I'm calling you Sarah now. I'm sure you don't mind being called Sarah, but it's 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 in the land. Yeah, I mean, that was that was my experience. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. much. People kept warning me when I wanted to go and live there. Oh, don't go and do that. It's very difficult. People are very difficult and you'll get into all. And I was like, well, I'm going to connect to the land. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. I walked mm-hmm. the land every day and I didn't get involved in people. No, so not me. You know, I I have my little tribes here in Avalon (laughs) and I obviously I'm my my role is to bring communities together. But because I already was an international spiritual teacher before I moved here, because I've been teaching for 30 years, most of my students and community are, you know, like you global. Um, And I was traveling a lot before lockdown. So and when you when you are walking with the masters, you're never really alone, are you? So you've got all of these connections. So I do have people that are very dear to me in Avalon that I connect with, but it's also a very transital village, you know, so you come in, you do your work and then you leave. So over the 10 years that I've been here, there's been so many people I've met that have come in and left, but of course I'm part of, it seems part of the furniture. So I do have my very close friends that I love dearly here. Um, but yeah, most of my connections are people that are visiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And definitely recommend all of you listening, if you want to go to Glastonbury, come and meet Eloise. What's your website, Eloise? Um, it's www.eloise-bennett.com. And she'll so I would chat with you. Oh, I'd lo- I would love to reach out. I'm also on Instagram. I, it's Magdalene Rose Healing on Instagram. Send me a message. If you're in Avalon, I'd love to meet you and uh, yeah, share the teachings, but also to hear other people's ideas, because this is just my expression of Avalon and my expression of the, the Venus Rose Christ lineage. And we all connect at a different level, right? So this is just my truth. And there's lots of other um truths out there right because we're all different and we perceive things in different ways so I always love to meet people and uh hear what they feel yeah me too and that that interconnectedness of a conversation like talking with you today I've had quite a few realizations about the things we've been talking about that I hadn't quite realized yeah exactly exactly it's been a it's been a real pleasure for me and for it strengthened my connection to Sarah you know because it's it's like whereas I embody the the Magdalene frequency and consciousness, as many women do. You embody, the, you know, the Sarai, the Sarah energy, you know. So I actually feel like I'm having a conversation with Sarah, which is just amazing. It's It's been, it's strengthened my connection to Sarah working with you today. 
Oh, thank you. And as you can see from the blue hair, I'm in the oh, cosmic, I love it. cosmic aspect of Sarah. I love it. I moment. know. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, it looks beautiful. It really, really suits you. Thank you. Where, where I live, it's a very, very traditional place. No oh, one okay. has blue hair. Well, so, I mean, you know, you're bright. I get a lot. Of, I, get a, I do. I get a lot of looks, and yeah. I've, it's been a real experience for me to feel what it feels like to walk down the street and everybody looks at you. And that's oh, why I've always looked every time all, I've got out. That for me, everyone's always looked at me and thought I was weird anyway. So I don't really need blue hair or or any <laughs> coloured hair. But uh, I can imagine that must be, you know, yeah, quite quite unusual. But that's good that you're bringing attention to it because you're you you have the blue rose frequency and Sarah's frequency within you. And if people are connecting you to you and looking at you and observing and witnessing and thinking, oh, that's my, that's quite remarkable yeah. hair. They yeah. are linking in to Sarai and that energy, aren't they? Well, it's been an amazing practice for me to really stand in my own truth of who I am mm-hmm. and say, yes. This is who I am. I just wanted a high to start. I, it was to start off with. It was winter, so I wore a lot of hats. <laughs> oh, bless you! Oh, I think but it looks yeah. beautiful. Thank you. But but now I'm starting to like walk down that street and like really like yes, <laughs> yeah, stand in your power and take ownership of of who you are. Yeah, exactly. And it has been scary for all of us, hasn't it? Because of the persecution in past lives. Mm. So we're all you know, having to come out, aren't we? And, um, yeah. you know, we we are, fortunately, in the countries we live in this lifetime, we're pretty safe, right? But in other lifetimes, we haven't been so safe. Yes. You know, so we're having to learn to feel safe on earth again, aren't we? And And to know that, you know, it's okay to express who we are, because that's why we're here, isn't it? Through expressing ourselves and, you know, allowing the voice of our soul to emanate and to truly embody that soul. That's that's why we're here, to make the world a better place. Every human being is here to express their soul. It's just many of them don't don't realise that or they're too worried about doing it. They're worried about what their family or people around them will think. Yeah. And we all deserve to be the true beauty that is inside yes. us and to and yes. to show that to other people and to feel good about it. Of course. And, you know, I'm sure you realize and, and feel that the more you work with your soul energy, the more joy you experience because your soul wants to express itself, you know. So we're really lucky that we're being brave and getting out there, aren't we? Yes, being brave, that's that's something I've, you know, always been to my own detriment sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've always been quite a rebel and, and been a yeah. rebel against authority and my family have just thought, oh, my God, what's she doing now? Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, a bit bit like Joan, the Ar- Joan of Arc, right? Yes. So before we finish today, have you got any last things you want to tell us about or you'd like to share? Well. I probably what I'd like to share is that for people, if anybody's struggling right now or finding it difficult on the earth and wondering, you know, what can they do? I would say the the, the most poignant healing thing they could do is go to Mother Earth. To go outside every day, even if it's in their garden or to the park, put their feet barefoot on the land, connect to Mother Earth, connect to the trees, connect to the nature, because that is the healer and work with their breath. Breathing, breathing into their heart space so that their heart and their mind 
um, flows in coherence because that will help them feel calm and and centered and to do body work, whether this is swimming, dancing, exercise, because all of us are here to embody the light of our soul and to bring heaven and earth. And that's the way we can do it is through grounding our soul energy, through movement, through breath and through being in nature. And the more of us that can do that, the sooner the world is going to become that Garden of Eden and that paradise that we want, because we've all got to get in our bodies to to make the world a better place. And it's been so difficult for many of us on Earth. We're always trying to escape our bodies and go to the higher realms or, you know, um, yeah, dumb it, you know, numb it all down. But actually, the more of us that can get in our bodies and connect to Mother Earth because she is our true mother, um, the the quicker we're going to see the new Earth, really. Thank you. That's wonderful. And I can really feel those energies coming in as you're like talking about it, like centering Gaia energy. We love her. We do love her. We do love her. She's our she's our mother, isn't she? You know, thank you thank you you. no thank you thank you so much Eloise it's been lovely so lovely talking to you today I've enjoyed every minute and I mean I could keep going (laughs) me too well I'm sure we'll have many more chats in the future and just thank you I'm so honored to be on here Rachel and thank you for the connection today and taking the time and um, you know thank you to everyone that's watching and do reach out I'd love to hear from you all and uh, so much love and I look forward to seeing you Rachel either in Avalon or in Wales yes and and I'll I will prepare myself for our swim in the white spring (laughs) don't it's better not to think about it that's what I do every time I go winter bathing I trick myself I'm not really (laughs) going I'm not really going until the moment I'm actually going down those steps into the water I don't I don't deal with it at all and it works okay (laughs) okay I'll wait until you arrive then (laughs) oh bless you thank you so much love You're welcome. Lots of blessings, everybody. Bye. Bye. Oh, 
ke kahula lo pihanga e kohupu kapalili ai haina mai kapuana e kahaliko puokuhui ahu heia vale ano e kahaliko Hey, no, no, na, ka ue i.